Welcome to the Property Wealth and Business Podcast, discussing the mindset for success, how to build wealth and create your own economy. Hosted by portfolio millionaire, property entrepreneur and mentor, Daniel Moses. Good evening, good evening, everyone. It's Daniel Moses here. Hope you guys are all doing well. Uh, I have an amazing guest who has been able to build a business in the media sector and in the advertising sector and a fantastic Google expert. Uh, without further ado, I'm going to be welcoming my very good friend, uh, someone who I have lots of, lots of, lots of respect for, uh, Mr. Chris Klaus. Chris, how are you? Your mic is currently muted. That, that doesn't help, does it? There's me talking along. <laughs> it does happen. It does happen once in a while. <laughs> How are you doing today? I'm good, mate. I'm good. It's been a, uh, a long, productive day. So uh, it's good to do this to finish it off and then, uh, then a whiskey, I believe. Absolutely. Absolutely. A whiskey, you know, a little bit of relaxation and reflecting on the week. Maybe. You know, how the week be successful and all of that, you know? <laughs> Great. So, Chris, for those who don't know you, um, do you want to tell us about a little, just tell us a little bit about yourself? Yes, yeah, so um, hello everybody. I'm Christopher Klaus, uh, a award-winning marketer. Um, I own a digital marketing agency called HC Media Group, a business coach, I'm a keynote speaker. I've got five books published and soon to be a sixth when I get my butt into gear. Yeah, and my, my main goal is to help businesses grow, really, by um, teaching them digital marketing. Fantastic introduction about you. So how, how long have you been doing this for, Chris? Um, so I started my marketing journey in 2008 when I got made redundant as a civil engineer. And um, obviously the big crash happened. So um, I dropped, uh, fell into a marketing career. Um, I'd done bits and bobs before that, but um, that, that's kind of when it all started. So I've been plugging along since. A lot of people are, um, sometimes there's something funny when we talk about money. Mm -hmm. Some people are negative about money and some people are super motivated and active when it comes about the conversation money. Yet, the entire world population, all right, the entire world population trade their time for money because people wake up in the morning, we go to work, we get paid, all right, in order for us to live the life of our dream, i.e. pay your rent, mm -hmm. the food that you eat, the water you drink, you know, the glasses in our eyes right now, right? Even the yeah. electricity. And yet, when it comes to money, people say, you know, people say all different type of stuff about money. So Chris, if you don't mind, what would be your, like, what's your perspective? What's your definition of this, you know, word money? What is your, what is your perspective about it? Because I work in a service-based business. I, I kind of I think that spreads my message of kind of money. So money to me is what I exchange for value. Um, so that's why that, you know, it, it's value points in, in yes. a way, you know, club card points or, or something like that. So, yeah, so that, that's kind of my definition of money is what you swap for value. Absolutely. It's what you swap in order for you to get something, right? Yeah. Right. A lot of people... When it comes to money, people like to hold on to it, and some people like to invest it. Mm -hmm. So, what would be your sort of definition, or how would you explain the best use to actually create or or make money? You've got to invest it. 
you, you have got to invest it. You know, money sitting in your bank is not going to, yeah, it's not going to grow. It's not going to suddenly sprout leaves and, you know, grow into a money tree. You do have to invest pretty much every single penny that you've got, but yeah. you do need some savings as well. And the reason I say that is because the, the best investments come quick, you know, mm-hmm. and that feeling and it's a risk, you know, there is a risk behind it. And I feel that you, you make better decisions when you've got some money in the bank because okay. you feel fear. And the reason people don't invest is because the fear of, you know, what, you know, what's going to happen if I lose it. So mm-hmm. if you can take fear away by having a bit in the bank, you know, making sure that you're, you've got some but then investing quite heavily you know you 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 have to do it yeah if you if you want to grow if you want to drive the nice cars if you want the nice house you know if you want to go to a nice restaurants let's be honest you're not going to get it on the like on the standard living wage anymore true especially right now with what this 2020 uh pandemic has really taught us it's taught us that you know what it's no longer the days where you're, you have a job, you're secured, and then you're happily ever after. You've yep. got to have something that, you know, you've got to have something that is growing. Maybe an investment, maybe property, maybe bonds, uh, maybe, you know, forex, you name it, different types of sort of uh, other ways of generating income. So mm-hmm. with what we've learned in 2020 and coming into 2021, just goes to tell us that, listen, this is a time for you to actually create, you know, more avenues uh, to generating more income, whether yeah. you're, you know, whether it be being business or whatever the case might be. What's your take on that? I, well, the first thing is do, you know, are you, are you a gambling man? <laughs> you like casinos? Right? There's loads of, we like to go to the casinos and, you know, play, you know, a bit of poker or a bit of chips and you know, a bit, bit of blackjack and things like that or roulette. What do you do? You, you spread bet. You know, you, you, you put your chips on, you know, four or five different reds and blacks and things like that to make sure to increase the chances of you winning. People don't do that with their income of their main life. So I own a marketing company and the beginning of, you know, the pandemic, I lost 40% of the business yeah. straight away, you know, literally overnight. And I shit myself, to be honest. And so the first thing that I thought was I need to spread bet. I need more avenues of income because if one goes pop, if I've got five avenues of income and one goes pop, I've still got four avenues of income. So actually that's is more security for me than making sure that that one is really working. Because as you say, with 2020, we don't know what's around the corner. We don't know what's going to happen. We don't know what markets are going to crash. We don't know anything. So you've got to, you've got to play the game and make sure that you've got your, you know, your chips in, in different pies to make sure that, you know, you don't go bankrupt. You know, Chris, you are just an honorary guy, right? You, you're an honorary guy. You, you've had your own flaws and you, you've been through, you know, the life roller coaster as a business entrepreneur, you know, and over the last, you know, 12 or so months, I've, I've known you for coming up to at least 14 months now. And you all of a sudden have had a business valuation you know, uh, of over a million pounds, mm-hmm. you know, and it, it, there's something that does happen, you know, when people, a lot of people get started in business, still talking about money. A lot of people think, oh, I just want to have a little bit of a business, you know, just to kind of pay the bills, look after the kids, look after the missus, 
you know, and maybe go on holiday once in a while. All right. <laughs> so how how has you know an ordinary guy like you, you know, been able to build a business that now has at least a million pound and over, you know, in valuation? How did you manage to do that? I had a goal. I knew what I wanted to achieve and I knew in what timeline I wanted to achieve it. Yeah. And I brought it down into steps of what I needed, like K, I call them KPI, key performance indicators, where I need to be to hit yeah. that, you know, that, that, that certain, you know, timeline cool. and Great. things like that. And then honestly, it's graft. You know, graft stop. Graft. Everybody says, oh, I wish there was a magic potion or something like that. It is. You know, it's called graft, you know, get down to work. Don't get me wrong. I, I, I've got some incredible advice. Obviously, you know, you know, we share the same business coach. You know, we had some incredible advice. I surround myself with the right people. I listen to the right podcasts. I, you know, I, I meditate. I do, you know, there are so many different elements that I do, but it is all for one reason. And that one reason is to hit that goal that I have set. I wake up at four o'clock every single morning because I want to get to work because I want to get success. And that is ultimately how, you know, how we've done it. And, you know, we've got, we've now got 12 staff, 11, 12 staff. And, you know, it's our third birthday next week. And next Wednesday will be our third birthday. We're up to 12 three, staff. Three, three years in the game. Yeah, it's absolutely mad. And in three years, you've built a business in valuation of over a million pounds. Yeah, yeah. It's um, actually that valuation came at the beginning of last year, so wow. it was actually two years that we we had done that. Um, so I reckon it'd be more now. But it's just all about having that mindset of that goal of knowing where you want to be, yeah. and doing everything in that power to get there. You know, one thing that I drill into my staff all the time, and thankfully, you know, they're absolutely awesome. And the one thing that we drill in that when someone says to us, what do you do? Our answer is whatever it takes. And that is the mentality of a company or an individual that's going yep. to go. And I think, that, you know, the reason people struggle with money is because, there's always a problem. There's always something there. And there's their mind saying, oh, I can't do this because, you know, I've had those issues. You know, I was homeless for three times, you know. Yeah. Um, we've all had those, those issues, but you just do whatever it takes to get to the next, just the next step. So would you, would you say a lot of people, people's perspective of how they see money, would you say the society has a lot of impact or, your, you know, your upbringing has a lot of impact to this. It does, but it's all, I, I think it's down to the person. You can train that. You can train that. So uh, my background is I was in, I brought, was brought up in a care home. Yeah. I was in foster care. Um, yeah. you, I left foster care at the age of 17. You're put straight into a flat. I had no training. There's your keys to the flat. Oh, what's this? What's this other key? Oh, that's for your electric. I was like, how do I ever, how do I pay for electric? Don't know. And over time, you know, I, I had some troubles, you know, for myself and things like that. I lived with over 60 kids. Two of us have used that 
background of incredibly poor, incredibly poor training. Don't get me wrong, my you know my carers were absolutely brilliant, but yeah, you know, they were carers. They weren't they weren't parents. And two of us have done incredibly well with our lives because of the situation that we've been, and it's made us hard as nails and mm-hmm. made us go, we're not going back there. Others have gone the other way and used that as an, like, as an excuse. Oh, I can't do this because of my background. Yes, it does have a huge impact, society. It does have a huge impact. Yeah. But it's down to the individual to light a flame in themselves. If there's a flame inside themselves, then it doesn't matter what the past is, what the future is. Mm-hmm. I, I saw, I saw um, something um, posted on uh, YouTube a few weeks yeah. ago. And it said that there is no such thing as past. Mm-hmm. That's just your brain. And there's no such thing as future because that's just your brain. Yeah. Past is memory. Future is imagination. The mm-hmm. only thing that's real is this second right now. So we can, you know, we can optimize that. And, and the decision you made right now, you know, is what actually creates the future. That's the only thing that's real is the decision that you can make right now. And you can either make that decision to sit on the sofa and watch another series on Netflix or get to work. I choose to get to work. Oh, wow. Fantastic explanation. I really love the way you've delivered that. Absolutely. Your now, obviously, is what propels you into obviously the financial decision of the future. Mm-hmm. You know, because that's where a lot of people get it wrong. A lot of people, I often talk to a lot of people most times. It's just that I'll give you a very simple example. I remember the very first time I started educating myself and paying for personal development. Most people around me that I spoke to that this is what I was up to, everyone literally said, nah, you're having a laugh. You're, you're being scammed. You know, you're, you're, you're being brainwashed. And just to look at where I am now when it comes to personal development, I've been, I've been in business life for almost all my life, right? But I have never actually won and succeeded the way I have been because something changed. The way I saw money, the yeah. way I took the decision of the now. So every time I was, you know, in the last four, four and a half years, how I make my instant and immediate decision has actually, is, is what has been able to create the future that I currently now enjoy. Uh, way back four and a half years ago, I would I never thought I could have friends that has businesses in the region of millions, yep. right? And now it's just the new norm. I'm surrounded yep. by. I mean, just look at our network where we're where, where we're from. So it's when I mean where we're from, we are currently uh, in the same business mastermind network where everyone is absolutely uh, smashing it, and you know because of your surrounding, you know. So it's quite important how you make your instant decisions in order for you to, to actually, uh, you, know, you know, be in the future that you want to create. Like you said, if you, if, you know, the future is an imagination and the past is, um, how, how do you explain that again? You said the it, past. It, 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 your past is a memory. Yeah, your past is a memory. So I, I, the, the way I say it is your brain is just like a laptop hard drive. Yeah. If you want to delete some memory, you can delete some memory. Right, you just push it to the back. You just don't think about it as much. You can train yourself to focus on what's in front of you. Yeah, and I did, and I also just to add a little bit on that, I think a lot of people do suffer from this sort of memory 
that they've created from the past, yep. whereby the past, the memory that they've created from the past, you know, you know, just haunts them from actually taking that boat step forward, and which 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 totally now affects their money making decision, where you know they end up making the wrong decision all the time about money because of what they've actually you know uh, you know brought into the the current memory, which is just like the hard drive. You know, if if, if the hard drive of a computer is corrupted, it can't function. It can't perform a task that you're looking to 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 create because it's corrupted. It's a corrupted file. Until you install an antivirus to wipe up that virus from the computer, which development. then the computer start what? It can become fast. So which is the person development? Yeah. Great. Fantastic. I love that. <laughs> this brings me to my next question. Do you talk about money to friends, to family? Yeah. And if you do, what is always the response around money? Because a lot of people are always in the place of the fear of loss all the time, rather than actually thinking about what if I actually gain? Yeah. How would you explain that? Most of my friends, in fact, all of my friends are quite happy about it and they feel quite inspired and they inspire me. Uh, my mum, on the other hand, she's <laughs> what I call a mood hoover. Uh, she'll always kind of find the negative, but, you know, that kind of brings you down to a level sometimes as well. But no, I, I surround myself with positive people. I surround myself with people that feel about money in the same way as me, because you are what you consume. And if I was speaking to a lot of friends and all it was, was, you know, you can't do it or, you know, there's an issue here or this or that. You're just going to start believing it. Yeah, pretty much all of my conversations are about money, if I'm really honest. It might not just be about pound notes. It might be about an idea to create more money. Absolutely. So everything that I talk about to my friends is that way inclined. How do you feel about, obviously, investing, you know, money that is available to you most times a lot of people tend to not invest sometimes people tend to you know people tend to want to have my account balance is a hundred thousand pounds 50 grand 80 grand you know rough numbers or maybe 10 grand and you would absolutely have people where sometimes for a year or two there is just that available balance of like 10 grand mm -hmm. and maybe once in a while it kind of adds up do you agree to that? Or would you say, when you have that sort of money invested into an asset that can actually double that capital or that, um, you know, that amount of money that you have in your account balance? What is your, what's your, what, what, what is your take on it? Invest every single time. Invest every single time. Every, invest every single time. I guess there's a lot of different, different scenarios where you are in your life know what you've got to pay for, you know, your incomes, your outgoings and, and things like that. You know, I'm 36. I'm doing okay. Me personally, I'd invest every single time only because I want that to compound that interest. And I want to, one, one, if it's invested, I don't spend it. So I'm not going to lose it. You know? And two, it, it inspires me to be better. You know, it gives me something out there to be able to grow with and to make sure that, you know, I'm thriving every single day. They say that money doesn't bring happiness, but it certainly yeah. does. It certainly does. Absolutely. Um, I agree with you. There's a lot of people, I think people who say 
money doesn't give you happiness. They don't even, for me, it's just, correct me if I'm right or wrong. I just feel, how can you say money doesn't give you happiness? Try owning, uh, try having a parking ticket, all right? And, and don't pay it. And yep. then the council come and take away your car or clamp your car on your driveway. And then you don't have access to driving that car. Just have, just, just imagine that for a minute. Money, get, money gives you the opportunity to go and get happiness. Absolutely. You know, um, that, that's, the, that's the main thing. And, and like I say, you need to have many different avenues of getting money. But I rule of thumb, I, I go for four or five different avenues. And I don't go more than five at the moment, only because I'm a bit of a control freak. And I want to make sure that every single one, you know, more than five I can't handle. So yeah. I I get the return out of those and once I'm satisfied with those then I can open up and do more and so I, you need to make sure that you invest into those different avenues obviously yourself it's very much property you know I'm really I'm really, I'm really glad you said that you know obviously myself is property but one of the things I've actually done is yes it is property when the thing about property when I first got started in the property industry property was the, the, the name of the game in terms of generating income. And currently, I've been writing a book, you know, for quite some time now. I was meant to launch that book about over a year plus ago. I wrote a book about property and I became a property speaker. All right. So being a property speaker now is not property investing, but is the uh, passing of my knowledge and, and getting paid for that information. And also, not just that, I... Get to a certain level and you're good. Exactly. And within it is, and, and when we talk, a lot of times when you when you do have a conversation with people and they talk about, oh, when you talk about five streams of income, sometimes a lot of people think, oh, all of a sudden now, I've got to be doing social media and getting money from there and then doing property and then having a cleaning business and then having a off-license shop somewhere and then having a, you know, an electricity company and people do think like that. For me, there are still ways you can actually create five solid streams of income through what you commonly do. I, I believe I believe in this so much. So the reason that I own a marketing company, it's not because I want to own a marketing company. Right? The reason I own a marketing company is because I understand business. A business is an engine. Okay, and You've got all your different parts of part of the engine, and then you need the fuel. And marketing is the fuel. So if you're walking around with big canisters of fuel all the time, right, everybody's going to come to you and say, can you help me get my car started? Right? Because you've got the fuel. So that is why I set up a marketing agency, because I, I wanted a fuel. And now I've got four different businesses, but they're all fueled for my marketing agency. So actually, yeah, I've got a pet food business, <laughs> you know, random pet food business. Right? I sell books. I've got an affiliate company, you know, I do my own coaching. I've got four or five different avenues, but they're all run by my marketing agency. So what you're saying there is, is, is dead on. You need to have those different streams of income, but not bunny hop around with so many different ideas. It needs to all be drilled into kind of one ball and then the engine ticks over and the engine works and the money comes in from five different areas but you're only running one engine great fantastic what is your perspective about good debt and bad debt if you don't mind 
let's break this down really, really, you know, you know, let's drill down a little bit. Can you just name two, you know, while you're explaining good debts and bad debts, I, I would like you to kind of go through like two, two very bad debts and two very good debts. You know, high, very, very high interest that you can't afford to, to pay off. You know, their, you know, payday loans are the worst. And I've had them and a lot. And I was stuck in that, you know, you get your money in the outpaying the payday loan and you're so skint at the end of the month that you need to get another payday loan, you mm -hmm. know, like 300%, you know, APR. That is a bad debt. Don't, just don't do it. You know, just, just, just don't do it. There's some standard debts as well, like, you know, finance on a car, you know, that's just sensible for me. You know, I wouldn't say that's a good debt or a bad debt. That's just a sensible debt because if, if I've got 12, 15 grand for a car, I'd rather keep the 12, 15 grand and give 500 pound a month. You know what I mean? So that's, you know, that's, that's a sensible, a sensible debt. And a good debt is what you can get for the bank to invest into your business. I know some serious millionaires, okay, some, some incredibly wealthy people and their business is on a lot of debt. Every single year, they're just turning over a loss. But they're minted. You know, they live in a nice house, drive the nice cars, go on the nice holidays, do exactly what they want. But their business is running at a loss because you, then you don't have to pay corporation tax because, you know, you, you haven't made any money. And so a, a good debt is one that, you know, you can take to invest into your business and make your business grow. You know, do not be scared. If, if your business can grow, do not be scared to take investment because if you, if you can make an extra bit of money every single month and it not be your money that you're putting up, it just makes, makes sense. Yes, you might take a smaller profit margin. Let, let's just talk about property for a second. So you, you go out and you, you get a loan that you have to pay £500 a month back to the bank. And then from the property that you just purchased, you've got an income of £800. Well, actually, people go, oh, that's risky. But you're just making £300 a month using somebody else's money. So that's a good debt, in, in my eyes. It's a sensible way of being able to, to do things. You know, this will surprise you that I actually started everything that you know that I you know, own and, you know, control today. In 2017, at the beginning of 2017, I, I took a payday loan to set up my rental and property really? business. And <laughs> I didn't actually use that money. Part of that money wasn't really for uh, the business. It was part of my self-development. Yep. So I took a payday loan uh, with everyday loan for £6,000. And part of it paid for my mentorship. I bet you're still paying for it now. <laughs> uh, yeah. And part of it, you know, gave me some more money that I used to take on my first rent-to-rent -rent property deal that then generated me about £650 net profit by calendar month. For me, that was a good debt. But do you know what a bad debt is for me? Do you know a lot of people take the £6,000, for example, pay their loan, and they go on holiday? Yeah. And some people take that pay their loan, they they use it to pay off another debt. Or some people take up some credit card debt and then they buy some clothes, TVs, you know, the latest plasma TV or smart TV in their, you know, in their living room. That's a bad debt. 
when you take on a debt, I have, I'm someone who has been able to use debt to build a portfolio currently as it is of today right now, portfolio of over 1.4 million plus a deep pipeline of 2 million pounds in the last four years. So by the end of this year, I may, by the middle of this year, I personally will own assets on the original of about 3.5 million assets, ownership. Yep. And it's all be created with debt. And this is what a lot of people are not willing to do. So for me, if you do take debt, take it wisely. Don't take a debt and go on holiday. Don't take a debt and go and buy clothes and buy TVs. Or don't take a debt and go and buy some fancy clothes. A lot of people do do that. You know, and, you know, take on a debt for a wedding, a debt for a, you know, to celebrate, to go on restaurant. This is one of the common things that you find. This is why a lot of po- bigger population of the, the uh, of, you know, in the UK are in the wrong type of debt. And yeah. the bank, again, keep trolling money at you to consolidate that debt because I, the bank encourages you to get into bad debt. But the uh, bank will never give you money to, to set up a business. It is risky. It is risky. And I've got, you know, I've got my own thoughts about why people do that. And that's simply down to social media. People want that photo in that nice restaurant. They want <laughs> that photo with their nice clothes. They want their photo in front of their Range Rover. But actually... It, it, what's the point of having that if it's technically not yours, you know? And I think that the social media drives that you have to have it now kind of thought process. And that's why people get those, get into those debts to be able to do that, where actually, if you're clever about it, you can have 10 times more. Just wait a bit, just work a bit harder, just wait, just, you know, just go a bit slowly um, and you'll get there 10, you know, you can get it 10 times more. Great. I'm just going to quickly go into the chat group and I'm going to read out a question to us. So we've got Adex. He said, is it good to have a business you are known for, but as you grow in the business circle, you can invest in other areas that you might not be hands-on. Are you saying, is it bad idea? If the business is already working and already making money and the engine's already there, and your investment is just going to grease up the wheels a bit and spin a bit faster. Of course, that's not a stupid, you know, debt to have. Yeah. Um, you know, it's not a stupid investment. Sorry. What I was talking about earlier is like starting from scratch. You know, when I start from scratch, I want it to be within my engine because you know I want to have control over that. But if I've got full trust in a business and it's ticking over, and you know, just pouring a bit of cash in there to get some shares, we'll just set it on fire and, and absolutely fuel. Then, of course, you know, you'll be silly not to go down that route. Absolutely. I agree with you. And also, just to add a little bit on that as well, I do believe that, for me, I do think it's good for you to, to go into something that you're really known for, uh, you know, and even make the niche even bigger. So, for mm-hmm. example, I'm known for property, all right? I'm known for property in the last four years. I don't talk about nothing else. I talk about property. I talk about money. I talk about, you know, mindset because these are all connected. Mm-hmm. And I have been able to really have a niche for myself. So I can inspire and motivate anybody around money. I can inspire and motivate anybody around property. I can actually, uh, I am, I have been gradually becoming a property influencer as well. So it's a niche that has, I have been able to create for myself and I stick to it. And, the fact is, the, the more I become known in this particular niche, 
I can branch into some other niches within the same sector, then, you know, it just makes life a lot easier. But I think it, what, what can be a bit dangerous or what can be a bit risky sometimes is when you see someone who is in a, you know, in the property industry trying to go and public speak, for example, around social media, all right? Becoming a social media expert, you know, when you actually, you know, all you know about in business is property, investing and money. Because social media is a, a different complete niche. Now, what you could find in that process is that it, it's going to activate a new dimension of learning, a new dimension of skill. Mm-hmm. You know, acquire a total different skill to become an expert in social media. They're, they're, I remember every time we talk about social media, because obviously we do a lot together. When we talk about, when you speak sometimes about social media, I'm lost. <laughs> yeah. I'm lost. Now, it would be a total disaster for me now to go into learning what you already know, because that's going to take me maybe a year, two, three years when I should have actually, you know, just stick to what I know. However, I can talk about what I know on social media and how to use the social media to your advantage, but rather trying to understand the mechanics of how social media and Google search AdWords and all these, you know, all this terminology works, you know, that will be a complete change you know, of direction. So for me, I do highly believe that you have a niche already, you have something or you have an idea already. And within that idea, let it flow through with what you currently do uh, in order not for you to sort of, uh, you know, go too long on it and not getting paid on it. Because sometimes business ideas, you want to actually get paid as soon as possible. But a situation whereby you start a business and it takes about two to three, four years to actually start ripping the food. Right now, I don't really believe you know, you need to stress yourself that much when you can actually just look at what you're already doing and do it be better. Or if you're looking to diversify, you know, just become an investor. You don't have to go and learn it. You don't have to, if I need to invest in social media and what you do now, I don't need to be an expert. What I can do is that, Chris, I've got this money. What's my, what's my return on investment? Do whatever you like with it. As long as you can give me my return on investment. I think it makes more sense to deal with that way rather than, you trying to be a jack of all trade and a master of a master of none. If you if you started a project, finish it because that's where the money is at the end. And the amount of people that I see starting a project get seventy percent and go oh 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 there's that as well, and then they start that project and actually get nothing finished. And you're just like, well, what's you know you're not going to make any money. Great. I, I mean, I, I hope I hope that was able to answer your question. <laughs> it's a bit long-winded, but we got there in the end. <laughs> yeah, we got there in the end. So, yeah, I've got another question from Kevin. Kevin says, what are some things you guys do to manage your money better? For example, 50, 30, 20 rule. I don't know what the 50, 30, 20 rule is. Um, I know what my rule is, and that is keep an eye on absolutely every single penny that you've got. Um, I have um, a spreadsheet that I keep. I know every single project. I know every single expenditure. I know every single income. And I associate that with the right project. What I can do is I can then look at something and go, that's making me money. That's not. Okay. What can I do just on this specific to, yeah. you know, to optimize that, that, that section? 
Um, just making sure you keep an eye on it and make sure that you're getting a return from it. And I do that, you know, daily, pretty much. We've got another question. He says here, what things do you do to maintain a positive mind when business is going wrong and failing? I, I dangle my own carrots. So I, I know where I want to get to. I know what, where, where I need to get to and I know what I need to do because I've got it written down. Yeah. So as you know, I, you know, I've spoken about this within your group, but you know, I've got a sat nav. If you're going, if you're getting in the car, you're going to drive to Edinburgh, you know, you know, the destination, you put the destination in, you've got your sat nav and it tells you the steps to get there. I've created my own sat nav within the business. I know the steps that I need to take. And sometimes, yeah. yes, you come off course. I take myself out the firing line. I'll go for a walk. I will go and have some entertainment. I will have a nice dinner. I will relax for the evening. I will, you know, do, you know, take the pressure away. And then the next morning I come back, I sit down early and I just go, right, let's get back on track. And then you do whatever it takes to, to get there. As an example, you know, in the first lockdown, we lost 40% of our business overnight. Literally, I was getting phone call after phone call after phone call, people cancelling their contracts. And there was nothing I could do. I was like, well, you can take me to court. I've got no money, so see you later. Didn't want to take anyone to court. In fact, we never did. But I had a moment, you know, as you always do, you know, you have a little cry thinking, oh, my God, what the hell's going on with this world? You know, I've spent two years building this up and now it's just crumbling. I went for a walk. I listened to some music. I spent some time with the wife and with, um, you know, my child and, you know, just just had some R&R. And the next morning I got up, I sat at my computer and said, right, what's my sat now to get out of this? And I sat down, I worked out, said, right, I need this amount of sales. How do I get these sales? I need to get this amount of leads. How do I get those leads? And then work everything out and then I'll just go to work and get those small points that I need to be able to get up to, you know, back to where we need to be. Absolutely agree. 100%. I, I was in a similar situation. The first lockdown, you know, I actually went into the first lockdown with about £200,000 worth of debt, but it was a good debt because I was going through a development project mm -hmm. and I felt the same way. But um, it took me about a, a week to reset. And once I actually had that reset, my business actually doubled you know, from, you know, we, from the property business, uh, property business in itself, uh, uh, our HMO business, we, we did, you know, by, by around about May, we kind of got things back on track. Our education business literally flourished a lot. And then uh, consultation was big for us because a lot of people started reaching out to me, what am I doing to minimize the number of room voids I had? And that just created another, you know, another sort of streams of income because I started mm -hmm. consulting with those who were going through challenges in their businesses. And I was getting paid a minimum of 150 pounds per hour, minimum. That, that was what I was charging per hour. And that just really, you know, opened a new avenue in my business. We all go through these different challenges. One of the things Adam will say, you know, our mentor, he says this a lot. The first thing first you really need to do in business is learn to adapt very quickly. You have to be able to move with different patterns. So I think... The reason why one of the reasons why a lot of businesses fail sometimes people don't adapt when there are challenges. I'll give an example of someone selling something for a thousand pounds. 
And if this is lockdown, what you're selling for a thousand pounds, if you still get someone to pay for 500 pounds, you're not making a loss. And I always say, is it that you float or you sink? Which one are you going to, you know, which one are you, want, are you going to do? A lot of people tend to bury their head in the sun, isn't it? Yeah, there's so many examples of that currently. Look at Debenhams. You know, Debenhams have just, like, the website's been brought out by Boohoo. And, like, all the stores are being, you know, taken away. They're, you know, Debenhams is no more, really. Um, there's so many other, you know, aspects. So I was looking into Netflix. Okay. Now, this is this is really weird. So this come up on a training that I was on um, a few days ago, talking about customer journey and things like that. And it brought up a Netflix website, right? And this Netflix website was selling VHS, right? Not even DVDs, it was VHS. Like Netflix has been around for that long. And I, I never knew this, never knew this. And the story was that Netflix went to Blockbusters and said, buy us. And Blockbusters turned them down. So Netflix went, okay, I'm, I'm gonna go with the times. Where are Blockbusters now? Where are Netflix? <laughs> you know what I mean? No. Primark are struggling. The one of the biggest brands in the world are struggling because they don't sell online. If you do not move with the times, you will go bust. Mm. Eventually. Look at Zoom. Yeah. Look at Amazon. You know, if you move with the times, you will succeed. And sometimes, okay, so sometimes it so, so my business was predominantly before lockdown. My business was predominantly Google Ads, search engine optimization, and social media campaigns. That is ninety percent of the business that we done. We done a couple of websites here and there because of the first lockdown. Nobody wanted to promote their business because they're like, you know, we dealt with a lot of aesthetics clinics and car showrooms and and things like. They're like, we can't take customers, so we can't advertise. So overnight, literally on that morning when I sat down and said, right, what do I do? I just flipped and went, okay, now we sell websites. We had a website development team, but that wasn't our main push. Our main push was the, you know, the marketing of those websites. And by actually just taking that one swift change and saying, okay, right, now we're going to push towards web websites, everybody was getting their bounce back loans and going, I need to spend it on improving my digital image. I need to spend it on improving my website. And we literally went from four members of staff to 12 because the demand was just incredible. And, you know, as you know, we're very, like I said, we exchange money for value. We're, you know, we're not expensive. We're good for what, you know, for what we get paid. And it, it just kind of just went nuts. But it was just because we looked at the market and I just made that little switch. Yeah. And that is what transformed the absolutely everything. Great. Such an interesting conversation, Chris. You are, <laughs> you are a money master. <laughs> Great. Um, just in closing, what would be the three money advice that you probably want to give to those who are watching right now? Three advice around money. Don't, don't, don't think it's evil. Imagine. Keep, keep, keep imagining, because if you can imagine yourself sitting there on a yacht or, you know, having a big, you know, a big house or whatever you want, you can get there. And the third is make sure that you have a plan and attack it. 
So that's going to be, that's four. <laughs> that's four. But, you know, having a plan and attacking gear, you know, anybody, you know, like I say, uh, anybody can do it. There's nothing special about me. You're all, but there's nothing really about you. You know, the, the, between all of us, there's nothing really. You know, we're just normal people that have had a goal, had a dream, and worked our ass off to go and get it. And and just to add on top of what you just said, Chris, you know, driving a Nissan Perus, all right, a Nissan Perus um, 2009 model as an Uber driver, and now driving a GLE Coupe, you know, 2019 Reg uh, with a private plate, it's two different status. Two different cars. Like I, I, I really hate those days now where I drove those. I drove that the the the, the Pyrrhus car, you know, the old Reg. I hate it. I just hate it now because I have not tasted this yeah. other life, this other car. And am I happier? Does it make any difference for me when you talk about money? Of course. Yeah, of course it does. Of course. You know, and, and sometimes I, I had a conversation with someone the other day that, oh, you know, the good cars, you're not going to take it with you. I was like, but man made cars, but man drive the cars. The car was, you know, it, whether you believe in the universe, you believe in a God, whatever you believe in, the mindset to create this thing, the computer, Zoom, the phones that we all use has been given to someone as a gift. And man made them, man would use them. Is there? We are. I was talking about this two, three days ago. Okay, so in the UK, when we're at school, one of the first things that we learn about is the industrial revolution, right? How machines change the world. We are currently going through a digital revolution. Absolutely, it's the second industrial revolution right now. This second, so you've got to. We've got every tool possible. I have been working from home. I know this sounds really, really awful and made me feel a bit sick, but we're only five weeks into the lockdown. It feels about four months. It really, really does. But I've been working from home in that time and I have been so super productive. Everything that I ever need sitting here. I've got my laptop here. I've got my phone. I've got another screen here. I've got the internet. I'm done. I've got everything that... You know, I, I need to to grow. Absolutely, I agree with you. You know, I totally agree with you. Lockdown has never been like I have been. It, our business has been so super productive. We started the lockdown when we went into the lockdown. Was me, Kevin, and two others. Mm -hmm. I currently now is me, Kevin, and eight plus others as we speak. Kevin actually looked at me when we first went to lockdown. Like, oh my days, Daniel, what are we gonna do? And I said, relax, help is coming. <laughs> and <laughs> that, that help was the bounce back line. Well, not just the bounce back. The, the bounce back, for me financially, the bounce back law wasn't, I, I wasn't even thinking about the bounce back law. I was thinking about productivity. Yeah. Because most times, a lot of entrepreneurs are so distracted. I've got a story here. So this was about two, maybe three weeks ago. And um, I have my daughter from a Wednesday to Wednesday night to Saturday. Um, and um, it, it was Wednesday, you know, and she was turning up and I was just like, she's going to want the wiggles on, you know, or Peppa Pig or something like that. Where's the remote yeah. control? 
I searched my house high and low from our remote control. Do you know where it was? It was where? in her toy box. Which meant that I hadn't turned the TV on since she left on the Saturday. And it's Saturday to Wednesday, and I literally haven't even turned the TV on. I've been that productive and that like focused on the work that I forgot to watch TV. And that is the difference between somebody that's going to be successful and somebody that's not, because you just put the work in and everything that you've got. There's no difference between me, you, and Richard Branson. No. We drink the same water. We eat the same food. We shit the same shit. We breathe the same air. We've all got 24 hours in the day. Absolutely. Absolutely. How, how you really take care of the 24 hours is really, really key. So, Chris, uh, it's been absolutely uh, a big pleasure to have you on this show. And fingers crossed, uh, we would have you back again sometime soon. And, yeah, have a fantastic evening. Thank Cheers you. Sir. I'll speak soon. Cheers, buddy. See you. Cheers, bye.